welcome to another episode of the How Long To Beat podcast. This time we have a very special episode since it is the first one in the Change My Mind edition. So, uh, in today's episode, uh, we got uh, our usual host, it is me, Paula, and Josh. What's up, everybody? But today we have a very special guest from the How Long To Beat community. Everyone say welcome to Dragon, a.k.a. Ignacio, a.k.a. Nacho. <laughs> hey, everyone. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yay. I'm very happy to have you. So, as I said, this is a special episode because if you remember correctly, a couple of uh, episodes ago, it was in the very first one, where Avatar said, hey, I am not a Nintendo fan, but... And join it the gauntlet. If anyone wants to change my mind, um, please go ahead. Mm-hmm. And uh, a little after that, we receive uh, a message from Dragon alongside his uh, Nintendo fan curriculum. So here we are right now. Uh, <laughs> it's on. So, so yeah, um, we're going to discuss a little bit of Nintendo. Uh, also, we're going to get to know Dragon more. Uh, let him show us that curriculum. I swear this is not an invento. This is not an invento. And also, remember, this is all in good fun. And the end goal is to convince Avatar that Nintendo has something valuable and worthwhile to offer. So first of all, first of all, on one corner of the, uh, of the ring, we have Avatar, which is who is not a Nintendo fan at all. Nope. On the other corner in the ring, we have Dragon. Yeah, the only sensible corner. (laughs) And I'm going to try my best to be a neutral-ish party, even though I'm kind of a Nintendo fan, but there are still things that I don't like about them. Um, So let us get to know Dragon more. Uh, So what's your history? What's your point here? So yeah, my star sign is Cancer. Okay, no. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, why I decided to, to throw the gauntlet, so to speak, was because I have a, a big history with Nintendo in terms of, of gaming. I actually uh, grew up with a, a knockoff NES, basically, that I, uh, where we bought a lot of uh, knockoff games and also pirated copies of many of the Nintendo classics. So. As we know, the NES had a bunch of platformers, where Nintendo obviously excels. I don't think even Avatar will discuss that part. No, they have a lot of platformers, I'll give you that. <laughs> but yeah, so that's where, I, that's where I got into gaming in the first place. They, I got a Super Nintendo a bit later. Um, recommendation from my brother to my parents, because he wanted to play it, and said that they're going to gift it to my younger brother, not to me. So that's how I got a Super Nintendo. Uh, after that, I spent not the most proud years of my gaming history, emulating a ton of stuff from GBA and N64. And later on, I got a Wii, a 3DS, now a Switch. So I basically lived uh, my whole gaming life with, with a Nintendo console or Nintendo games around me, even though I have had uh, many PlayStation consoles, uh, PC to game with some other stuff, but I've definitely been um, a Nintendo fan. You, you, you poor, poor man. <laughs> hey, I have fun. 
So what kind of games, like, what are your favorite games, like, in general? In general, um, it's, there's a lot of Nintendo stuff there. Uh, if not, I wouldn't be here. Uh, however, my favorite game of all time, as some people on the community know, because I tend to speak about it a little bit, is The One That's With You, which is uh, originally a Nintendo DS game from Square Enix. However, uh, the, my most played game on series for sure is Smash Brothers. I know I have uh, more than a thousand hours on Smash Brothers Ultimate. And probably from the whole series combined, at least 2,000, I would say. Uh, I'm also a bit of a Pokemaniac, even though we know Pokemon has some, some interesting steps. <laughs> that I won't be discussing too much today because that would lead to a whole other debate, debate with Paula. You will be shooting yourself in the foot a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, but I do like my Pokemon. Um, also, as I said, a big platformer fan, uh, especially Kirby, um, Donkey Kong Country, Mega Man, those type of games. Uh, I also play Splatoon basically every day. So, more Nintendo. And just to mention a couple more uh, Nintendo franchises I very much enjoy, Zelda, Fire Emblem, Xenoblade, Animal Crossing. A bunch of the their repertoire. And I want you to notice I haven't mentioned Mario once in my favorites, uh, because even though it's the flagship, I actually it's not my favorite part at all on the on the umbrella, so to speak. Very good, very good. Very good. Oh, um... the other thing uh, that I want to mention, uh, I have a cat. His name is Korok, because of the Zelda, uh, Legend of Zelda uh, people. And he's the cutest boy, so that's reason enough for you to like Nintendo because my dad is named after something from them, and he's the cutest. So that's not playing fair. We'll ask you. We'll ask you to provide a picture of that cat uh, a little bit later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so turn it around or something. And also, uh, you've mentioned this in a prior episode of the, of the podcast, but you come from. Was it Uruguay or Paraguay? I always get those weeks up. Uruguay, yeah. Uruguay, yeah. Um, so how does that affect your gaming history? Or like, does it like, the fact that you are from Uruguay uh, makes it more likely to for you to go to Nintendo because, I don't know, <coughs> piracy and stuff like that? Um, uh, yeah, uh, at least at the beginning, for sure, on my formative years. Uh, as I said, my NES was a knockoff, which it was totally not an NES. It was called a Family Entertainment System, not a Nintendo Entertainment System. But oh <laughs> yeah. Also, as we know, Nintendo uh, consoles and handhelds are very easy to emulate, particularly on that on that time. So it was very easy to to have access to to those games, and <clears throat> I have internet like. I want to say when I was 12 for the first time, like regularly accessible in my house. So yeah, whatever I could get was what I was playing most of the time. Uh, games are probably here twice as expensive as in other places normally, at least compared to the US because of import taxes. So until recently that I have a decent shop that I can pay the bills and have some spending money, uh, I wasn't really able to buy much stuff. So I also have like my Nintendo Switch account is from the US because I buy them there because they are less expensive. Don't tell anyone. 
Oh, also there's um, I will send you a page that is to uh, like keep track of where each Nintendo each uh, Nintendo Switch available game is the cheapest. Like I for example, right now I saw that even if Tempest that is an automatic game that I'm trying to buy is like half off in Argentina, and also they just launched a sale, so it is, it is a quarter off in Argentina. Uh, and it is very easy to just change your uh, Nintendo account to another country by the game and just go back to your original country. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds useful. Yeah, uh, so so yeah, rem remind me of sending you that webpage because it has saved me quite a lot of money. So yeah, <laughs> um, we've heard about Dragon's history. How about... Uh, Josh's Nintendo history. <laughs> uh, so it's a lot shorter, obviously. But I did have an NES when I was a kid. And I did have a Super Nintendo as well. So I have played some games. But I wasn't like a hardcore uh, Nintendo gamer when I had those consoles. So I've never played a Zelda game. But I've watched some just to see if I was interested. I've never... I think I've played Smash Brothers once, and it was just anyway. Um, I've played <laughs> one of my favorite games on I think Super Nintendo was a game called Uni Races, which was a really bad racing game where you raced unicycles, and part of it was doing tricks in the air and stuff. It was like you know trying to get in on the extreme sports kind of era, but it was unicycles doing flips in the air on their own without riders, and it actually, I was, funny story, it kind of gave me a little bit of a seizure when I was playing it once because of all the colors and the flashing and everything. And I sat down and played it for like three hours straight and then I kind of like tripped out a little and <laughs> and I had to stop and lie down because everything, the whole room was spinning. Um, I didn't have a seizure. It was just, that's close enough to what happened. But um, <laughs> so I stopped playing it after that because it was like medically harmful. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, the other game that I really liked on Super Nintendo was uh, one called Stunt Races, which I think was quite popular. It was like one of the first games that really had proper 3D polygons. So it was it was a racing game, but each car had maybe like four polygons to make up the whole car model, um, and it and it was like these stunt tracks and stuff, and you got to drive like monster trucks or um, Formula One cars or different things like that. And they all had faces and big cartoony kid-friendly eyes because it's Nintendo. And yeah, it was a lot of fun though. So I would just like to say that I have had a little bit of experience with Nintendo and I have had fun with Nintendo. But as soon as I started making my own purchasing decisions and deciding where my own time was going to be spent, I have not touched Nintendo since. So that's where I'm coming from because... There are better options. <laughs> I see, I see. Um, is there any favorite Nintendo game? Or are you just like, meh, not touching that with a temple bowl? I mean, picking a favorite is kind of like... It's like saying picking a favorite McDonald's meal. They're all shit, really, aren't they? Oh, like, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. Okay, I'm, I'm being facetious. Um, <laughs> no, I... I I really don't have a favorite 
Nintendo game because I just haven't played any for a long time. Um, or I could say, I guess, Donkey Kong Country. Yeah. I'll say Donkey Kong Country because I, I really enjoyed that when that came out and I played it to death. And yeah, it was great. So that'd be my vote. <laughs> um, but I'd also like to reiterate what Paula said at the top about um, even, even if we are kind of a bit mean to each other and trying to argue stuff, it is all in good fun. So just remember that. Um, but anyway, off, off back, back to you, Paula. Yeah, that's me time. <laughs> Yeah, so now that we know our uh, contenders uh, a little bit more, like where they're coming from and their ideas, let's go with the uh, debate itself. So, who wants to start? I will. (laughs) I think I've got a very strong opening argument against why uh, Nintendo is not interesting and not for me. And it only needs one word, hardware. Basically, every time a Nintendo system, no matter what it is, is released, on the day it's released, it's already obsolete, and every other system is ahead of it. Even old PC systems tend to be ahead of it. And I just don't understand why I would spend all my hard-earned money on a, on the system that's going to give me the worst version of a game even if all the first-party games work on it, I feel like that's incredibly limiting and I don't really understand why anyone would uh, buy into that, really. So that's my opening statement. <laughs> so to answer that, uh, I will concede that obviously Nintendo platforms are not the most powerful in, in, in the business, uh, probably the least powerful of the normal competitors. However, I do think that Nintendo consoles tend to bring something else to the table uh, most of the time, like especially since they stopped uh, competing for a powerful that I would say is like in the M64 days, so pretty pretty early on. Uh, with the M64, for example, it was uh, widely, uh, widely available for player uh, for player games instead of having to go ahead and buy a multi-tap and games were not made for that because not most people didn't have it. Uh, let's go to handhelds themselves that got popularized by Nintendo hardware. And we have stuff obviously like the motion controls on the Wii or the touch controls on the DS that impacted my favorite game of all time. So I do have a soft spot for that one in particular. Or we have the Switch that uh, impacted obviously the the Steam Deck that we have currently, the innovation is there. I would say that a lot of that innovation, like you say motion controls on the Wii and stuff, while it obviously did influence uh, other consoles who brought motion controls, like the Kinect or like the PlayStation Move, um, I'd say that stuff is still very niche and has not been widely adopted by... uh, other systems, I'd say they've, they've adopted it purely to be competitive and not because it's necessarily, you know, an essential part of the system. And it's not really something that sells the system either. Like, the hardware just is not a selling point, even if it did do four-player or that kind of thing. And I'd even say, like, there are so, something that makes a gimmick like that that makes a system popular isn't necessarily 
something I would lean on too much because it's easily, you know, people did it better. Say like PlayStation Move was heaps better motion controls than the Wii and way more precise. And I think it's widely regarded to be the most precise kind of motion controls that they have or that are out there between the big three. And um, even that's not really picked up and most software doesn't support it because no one's got them. And the few people who have them probably enjoy them, but it's, it's not really anything that when I think of PlayStation, I don't think, oh, that's the system with the, the best move controls. <laughs> and because I just don't think it's that important. Like it, a gimmick only lasts as long as it, as long as it's uh, new and the novelty soon wears off. And I'd say that's pretty much what Nintendo do. Um, I would say that since most of the gimmicks, it's, I would I would agree in the part that uh, it's not necessarily the system seller nor something that everyone has to adopt for everything, but it does allow for uh, new gameplay experiences that were not possible without it with regular controls or with mouse and keyboard, and just the the ability or the possibility to have uh, different kinds of experiences is something valuable, and even though some of the gimmicks like motion controls are not necessarily uh, adopted or widely used today. Uh, some other stuff like big um, local multiplayers or handhelds in general is something that is still relevant and many uh, things have been doing with quite a bit of success. Can we really say that Nintendo is responsible for handhelds being popular though? I would argue Game Boy and even consoles are popular because of Nintendo. Consoles are popular? Wow. Um <laughs> <laughs> if we go through the, I'd say they're definitely, they're definitely up there for like, they're popular, no doubt, and Game Boy especially was very popular, um, but even even in like Asian markets and stuff, like they're known for you know mobile phones is the primary gaming platform, not not even a console or anything because they're just too expensive, and whereas everyone's got a mobile phone, so they've all got like a Samsung and they play games on there, and that's like largely dominated it for a long time and i would say as well that again popularity is one thing but actual bang for your buck is something else i remember when i was in school uh when the the game boy was popular like in its day and the big competitor was the sega game gear and it was a much better system because the hardware was better had a had a color screen it uh, had like better battery power and everything. It didn't get picked up. It wasn't as popular as the Nintendo because I think it was a little bit more expensive. But what you got for your money was like so much better. And while I think they both would have contributed to the popularity of handhelds, I don't think, I don't know, I, I would be surprised if Nintendo was responsible alone. Even though I know that the DS is one of their, their highest selling systems ever and continues to be. That's fine. If if lots of people want to buy the crap hardware, they can go for it as far as I'm concerned. But even down to like different controls and things, like I have a I I don't want to just lean on being a PC gamer all the time, but as a PC gamer, I can plug any controller into my computer and use it. I can use a Kinect on my PC if I want to. Um because that's just the joy of PC gaming. You can do whatever you want. You can use a controller, you can use a Wii controller on a PC if you really want to. Don't know why you would, but you know, if you want some inaccurate waggling, you can plug a Wii controller in. 
Um, and that's the other thing as well. Like, do I? The whole reason I never got into motion controls was because I don't want to stand up in my living room and waggle things around to play games. I want to sit back on my couch and <laughs> use a controller. Like, I, it's it's not a worthwhile addition in my book. Um, but you know, I think uh, yeah, it's just the hardware is not. It doesn't present. Still doesn't present any kind of like uh, appeal as well. And I will add the other uh, note that these days, because I for a few years or for more than that, I've been working from home a lot, so the, I haven't had the need for a, a portable gaming. Uh, but even beforehand, when I did, I used to use my Vita a lot because again, better hardware, better screen, better, better everything. But um, yeah. Okay, so here I come with the middle point. So on one hand, okay, Nintendo's hardware art is usually like uh, not the most modern, not the most uh, powerful. But on the other hand, as Dragon said, or like as Dragon said, like between all the stuff, they are more affordable. And especially for people in this side of the world, I'm talking Latin America especially, the difference between buying a Switch, for example, um, purchasing a PlayStation 5 or like an Xbox or even just a regular PC is way out there. Like, um, I think Xbox is doing a lot better in Latin America because they're like pricing their consoles like regionally and like the other two. So if you want, I think it was a Switch OLED. If you want to spend a little bit more money, you can get like the Xbox Series something something S. The one that is uh, digital. I have no idea how it is named now because it, it, it's just ridiculous, but that is another kind of worms. But the less powerful Xbox of the generation you can get for uh, for the same as the Switch OLED and a little bit more. Um, the PlayStation 5, on the other hand, is like twice as expensive as a Switch OLED, so that is a general no for most people here. Because um, if you're uh, earning minimum wage, like the most you can uh, wish for is a switch light and probably jailbreak it or something like that. Um, but anyway, that um, we're going to put up in there and the idea. But also I understand that a lot of gamers would rather have a, a more fluid such prettier gaming experience because I was like, oh, the graphics doesn't matter, don't matter. Until I saw my boyfriend playing uh, with The Witcher 3 in his gaming PC. And then I went, bought it for like a couple of bucks because it was very uh, cheap, like, um, like secondhand in the secondhand market was very really cheap. And I got it for PS4. It looks like us. So I do understand, and I can't really imagine like what disgusting mess it is on Switch. So I do understand the mentality of, hey, graphics matter, because 
I saw that one experience where graphics did matter for me in that regard. On the other hand, if you're more of a, a someone who plays like on a on a go, or like if you rather play like indie games and stuff like that, the Switch is still powerful enough. Though, uh, if you compare like the Switch prices versus the Steam prices, in Latin America, because I think the prices between uh, Steam and Switch on uh, the US are pretty much the same, unless they're on sale. In Latin America, since games on Steam are priced uh, regionally, you still get more bang for your bag if you game on PC rather on Switch. So it really depends on what your buying habits are or like what's your actual salary or like what games do you like to play more. But I can see a case of both, hey, Switch and and no Switch. But it really depends on the person and their preference, I guess. I just want to add to that to kind of, you know, just uh, agree with you and say that even... In Australia as well, the pricing is pretty much the same as what you say. Like um, the the Switch, I think is about sells for about five hundred bucks here. The next, the Xbox is about six hundred or something, and then PlayStation is like seven fifty and up. Um, so Nintendo's are cheaper here, even though, uh, yeah. But then the prices of software is, is usually very different. Like Steam is heaps yeah. cheaper than any console. Like it doesn't matter what the console is. It new PlayStation game is like $120. A new Nintendo game is about $120. That's just how it works now, currency. Um, and the exchange rate kind of works out to about that anyway. Um, and you get new new games at that price on Steam, but they kind of they drop a lot quicker. Okay, before people start panicking, just remember Avadachi is from Australia. $120 Australian dollars is... Yeah. Probably seventy USD dollars. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm talking Australian dollars, and we um, I think yeah, about six sixty American is about a hundred to one hundred twenty Australian ish, um, and based on income and all that kind of you know averaging out all that kind of stuff, it's 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 a reasonable price. Like, yes, it's it's not it's not nothing, but it is a reasonable price for our uh, economy. So. <laughs> But the, the differences still remain the same. Like, uh, it's more about how how differently priced everything is as opposed to what they actually cost. So yeah, PlayStation Fives are like super expensive. Xbox is somewhere in the middle, and and Switch is definitely the the cheapest console you can get here. Just buy a PC that can run Crisis, and you're done. Oh, those were the days. <laughs> <laughs> well, to that as well, like you can get really cheap. Uh, if you want, if you're into indie games, go get yourself a really cheap laptop or something and play heaps of indie games from Steam that are really cheap or or itch.io, which are free, and you know, have a great time and, and not spend much money at all, and you'll get it cheaper than any console. So I think PC still wins in that regard. Unless you consider <laughs> that a laptop does not come with a controller. Uh, for the record, like my laptop was um Okay, I'm gonna call it like okay, a Luca is uh a hundred no a thousand Chilean pesos. Uh I just don't want to think big numbers, so I'm gonna just uh, con- uh <laughs> make everything like in Lucas. 
Okay, so for example, my PC, uh, when I bought it on sale, it's, I, fe I feel it's like a little bit like uh, over the, the average laptop because I'm a programmer, so I kind of need a little bit more RAM and stuff like that. But still, it cost me around 500 lucas. And for reference, a Switch Lite costs 200 lucas, which is a lot less. And also, there's the other thing that an Xbox controller, that is usually what you want to buy to, for your PC because the other like, knockoff controllers are kind of shit and they're not going to last any long at all. Mm. Uh, last time I saw, it was somewhere between... Wait, I don't have to remember. I can just look it. Uh, just for reference, I was looking, and a thousand Chilean pesos is a dollar eighty-five Australian dollars. Yeah, like so, it's just under two bucks for yeah reference. Yeah. Okay, so Xbox controllers have got gone down. So getting one is around uh, fifty lucas. So still, uh, the upfront price to pay is quite a lot, like um, almost triple of what the upfront price is for getting a Switch Lite. Uh, you'll make that uh, up like with the price of the games, but it depends on which games you want to play. Because a lot of people that I know rather, will rather play like um like the more well-known indie games rather than go to each io on the lot download free games so again it depends on the person yeah i mean it's like saying though like um you know like saying oh you can jailbreak a switch it's like yeah cool you can pirate anything really um <laughs> you, you can play nintendo games on your pc if you want <laughs> true true but so I, I think that's kind of yeah, that doesn't really matter. Like, but we don't support that nor condone it. No, no, no. So don't do that in your house, children. We're talking also under the um, idea that you are not doing that and you're doing everything le legally. Wink, wink. Yeah. So in that case, uh, that's why I'm talking about prices and shit like that. Otherwise, just do whatever uh, and you'll break your favorite thing, but we don't uh, we're not telling you, wink wink, to go do that. But anyways, that is one point make, made. Um, how about we go to uh, point number, reason number two of why Avatar is not interested in Nintendo? Well, it kind of flows in a way. But, uh, you know, hardware is the first reason that I think is the most obvious and pretty solid reason. Uh, <laughs> but if we go to software... It's like I played Nintendo's when I had an NES and a and a SNES, like Super Nintendo, and um, I feel like I know things have you know I'm not ignorant. I know things have changed since then, but I feel like they haven't really. Like when I look at Nintendo now and and the I'm talking first party exclusive kind of games, like not stuff you can get on other platforms. That's not going to make me buy a Nintendo. Um, so like all the the Zeldas, the Mario's, the Metroids, the the stuff, a lot of stuff that um Dragon mentioned at the at the beginning, um, that you you know you can't get elsewhere, and if you want to play it, you've got to get a Nintendo. All that stuff to me seems like they've gotten 
bigger in scope over time, but really look like the same game being made over and over again with the same mechanics, maybe some more gimmicks thrown in as well to go with that hardware. Uh, the same kind of low poly graphics that I'd, I'd on graphics. I'd just like to say, I'm not the kind of person who thinks that graphics are everything. I don't think that you have to have the most, you know, photorealistic, crazy graphics to make a game good. If you have a good art style, that's enough. Also with performance, like I think frame rates and resolutions are more important than, uh, again, high fidelity textures and things like, but having said that, it would be nice if there was something that looked, uh, like more than a cartoon on a Nintendo because you know, we're, we're not in 1992 anymore. Um, and yeah, it just seems like I've played a Mario game, so why would I want to play another one that's basically the same thing, just regurgitated for the fifth time, or 50th time for that matter? Um, or I have many alternatives that are just as good, if not better. Okay. <clears throat> there at the end, you, you had an extra point. Sorry. Yeah. Which is... No, no, that's fine. But I, I, will, I will argue the first point first, just to not confuse the... It has not changed the innovation part of, of the argument. Um, I, I genuinely think that uh, you feel that way because, uh, as you have admitted, obviously, platformers aren't your cup of tea, and it's much more difficult to see improvements and changes and what is new in something that you don't really enjoy. Uh, I think that applies not only to games, but to music, art, whatever. So I think... That's. I actually think that's that's a misconception you may have. Obviously, uh, it depends on what you like. We don't all like the same. But I would say that most, not all Nintendo franchises, I'll admit, but most Nintendo franchises like Zelda, Pikmin, Xenoblade, uh, change just as much, if not more, as many other in the industries that are highly regarded. Uh, let's talk like Monster Hunter, let's talk Doom, let's talk Forza, let's talk Bioshock. Uh, uh, those are games that I think are very good. I haven't showed all of the all of those. Well, except Forza, I haven't played a Forza actually, but I'm not that much into racing. But that they are well beloved, and I would say they do not change that much from from entry to entry. And that doesn't make them bad games, or you don't have to play, or you don't want to play the next one. Yeah, I mean, I think what you said about how close you are to something changes it. Uh, I think that applies both ways as well. Cause I'm kind of, I'm kind of tired of Nintendo people telling me that, Hey, did you know that open world games exist? Cause breath of the wild was made. And it's like, yeah. Okay. So it's the first good open world game that Nintendo has made, but there are hundreds of other ones out there that you just haven't played yet. And, you know, probably stand up to it on a uh, technical and complexity kind of level. Um, so yes, I haven't played every Mario game, so I'm not aware of every little nuance and every little change that has happened. And I'm sure there have been changes and things. So I'm only talking on the surface level of what I see and what interests me, um, obviously. And what I see is basically this, it just looks like the same thing again and again. Similarly, like 
I'm very familiar with the Doom franchise because it's one of my favorite franchises. And there are loads of differences, not always for the better as well, uh, between those games. Even though they all look like first-person shooters where you rip the crap out of demons and that's that. Um, But there was like, you know, Doom 3 is essentially an entirely different genre because it's a slow horror game as opposed to a ridiculously fast uh, action game. And then even the newer ones like um, Doom Eternal, there's way more platforming in it, which kind of killed it for me because I'm not into platforming. Um, So there's a lot of emphasis on moving around the map instead of just killing things. Um, And I know these things might seem like small stuff, but uh, my point is that, yes, I agree that depending on how close you are to something, you'll notice all the differences and you'll, you'll pick up on all the nuances and that sort of thing. And similarly to what you say about how it's the same for like music or, or books or movies or whatever, like if you're really into heavy metal, you're going to know every little subgenre and be able to pick all the differences between all the different types of heavy metal bands. But if you're not, they all sound like loud, shouty music, you know? <laughs> and I can appreciate that. That, that. that is something that I think does exist. However, it doesn't change the fact that when I look over the Nintendo landscape before me, having played uh, the same franchises on Nintendo and Super Nintendo, yes, they're obviously newer and better graphics and using 3D now and all this kind of stuff that's just like goes with the times, but they still like you're doing the same thing. Like you're still like Mario... I don't want to always go back to Mario, but Mario, you're you're jumping around collecting shit and jumping on Goombas. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that yeah, of course if you're into that, you're gonna love it. But yeah, I'm not into that. And even other franchises like you mentioned, um like, you know, Bioshock I wouldn't really put as a franchise worth referencing because they had like three games and that's that. You know. <laughs> I think I think Doom's a good one because it's been around forever. I think even even other stuff that is on Switch, but on other stuff like Final Fantasies or um, you know games like that, which have been around for a long time, you will see a lot of progression because it's time changes and you know moving from like top down pixel art to full on three D third person stuff and um, yeah, just because a Nintendo kind of just because Nintendo games do change over time doesn't mean they change in the right way, I would say. I would just point out that you said, oh, Final Fantasy changed from pixel art to 3D stuff, but yeah, Mario does not count for that. That's not innovation (laughs) there. No, I'm saying it's not because other franchises do the same thing. That is my point. Um, You know, if you just, if that's your bar for saying that this has changed, then let me show you a million other games that aren't on Nintendo that have done the same thing, arguably better or worse, but have done it. Doesn't make Nintendo stand out is my thing. Like, doesn't make it go, oh, I need to play that because no, I've had that experience elsewhere. I don't, I don't need it. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna jump right in between right now, and yeah, like some games on Nintendo, I feel, have stagnated a little bit. Uh, I'm looking at you in the Super Mario series, where I swear I am not capable of distinguishing uh, the new Super Mario games uh, at all. 
like which one is which. But at the same time, you have other series that hasn't haven't like. Okay, they have an overall structure that they follow, but each game plays a little bit different, and that is for the Zelda franchise. Um, they've swapped around, going for, like from top down, controlling like even like with the um, touch controls on the DS. They've done. Uh, motion controls on the Wii, and they come back to more traditional controls now with the Switch. And again, not everyone is going to be a banger. Some say that the DS Zelda games are some of the weakest. Some may say that they have some of their favorite moments because, again, because of how Nintendo's hardware uh, changes a lot. They try to make the most of it on their main franchises. I think the one that uh, showcases the most of what each game, each console can do is the Zelda franchise, in my opinion. That aside, um, there's an argument to be made on, okay, maybe some of the, uh, some of the, a series don't change as much again. Uh, I feel like the Mario series, even though they've made the shift to 3D and they come back to 2D and they've done a lot of stuff, I feel like if you grab a controller and play Mario 64 and then grab a controller and play Super Mario Odyssey, it feels familiar. Like it feels very similar besides the uh, copy ability. And uh, some people might find comfort on it. Others, like you, would rather have like something more, like like they're the I don't know if they, maybe they would be exploring like other uh, things on the Mushroom Kingdom. I'm trying to implement that on their the gameplay. Then you have series that are very hit and miss, like Yoshi. I, in my opinion, uh, Yoshi's Woolly War is one of the best things ha- that had happened to Yoshi. Uh, mainly because of the yarn mechanics, and I, I absolutely love how they integrated like the yarn uh, concept or like the yarn physics to the game. But then you go to Joshi's Crafted World, which, uh, I mean, I enjoy it, but after playing Woolly World, like it really um, left a high bar to for the next game. And the next game didn't deliver as much. So again, you have hits or miss depending on the series. Like some series will receive more love from Nintendo. And some will lay there forever forgotten. Rest in peace, F-Zero. Rest in peace, uh, Mother. And hopefully you don't rest in peace, Metroid Prime. So again... It depends on what kind of Nintendo fan you are. If you are a Zelda fan, even if you're a Xenoblade or Fire Emblem fan, or a Super Mario fan, you are eating a banquet. <laughs> if, uh, if you are a fan of the games that aren't released as often, sorry, sorry for you, like Pikmin fans, how many years did I wait for a new uh, Pikmin? I don't know, but... It was a lot. Metroid fans are still wishing, like, the, the, they're still a Metroid, for, Metroid Prime 4. And you have cases like that. 
on the other hand, you not only have like the triple A games that are like like the first party games, you have what I call are the second party games, which Fire Emblem used to be, but I think Nintendo Bot Intelligence System. But you have uh, Atlus Shin Megami Tensei, which is except in Nocturne, uh there most of the games are still mostly on Nintendo consoles. Uh, and you have Professor Layton's. Well, Ace Attorney used to be a Nintendo exclusive, no more, so that doesn't count anymore. But yeah, um, the, that is more or less what I have to say on the matter. Like, uh, first party games can be a beautiful, beautiful thing, or can be a very painful thing, especially if you were a Nintendo fan on the Wii U. First party games were the only thing that you had and I feel like that's where I realized that first party things aren't everything. Like you have to have more to a console, even if even if it's uh, exclusive by but developed by other companies, you have to have more in your console for you to for it to really be worth your time, in my opinion. Yeah, and well, on that as well, I would say that I consider myself very fortunate because I have multiple platforms to play things on. Like currently I do have a PC, a Vita, a PlayStation and an Xbox, which I think is like overkill really. But um, it's not lost on me how fortunate that is. And I understand a lot of people only have one option or one they have to buy one thing. And when I was younger, I, I had to decide like which console do I want to buy or PC or whatever. Um, and the exclusives were the selling point, really, because, you know, first-party games or even third-party exclusives, but basically games I couldn't get anywhere else was what made the, the difference. And I remember when even choosing to buy a Super Nintendo, because a friend and I bought it together, because at the time we saved up and uh, bought it because we didn't have much money. We saved our pocket money and kind of, you know, went and bought it. But we were we chose to buy the Super Nintendo instead of the Mega Drive, because basically, I can't remember which one was which, but one of them came with Street Fighter and the other one came with Mortal Kombat. And that was the decider for us, was which fighting game do we want to have so we can play? Um, <laughs> so that was very much based on software first and then hardware later. Oh. Um, because at the end of the day, we wanted to play the games that we wanted to play. And so I think exclusives and stuff are very, very important. But at the same time, if all you have is exclusives that's not very good either because like you say you're going to miss out on a whole lot of other stuff too yeah that's another way to uh to see the thing like software first hardware later uh and that's kind of like uh uh, the reason i got a vita was because there was at the time there was a game that i couldn't get anywhere else and that was stacy zero and i really wanted to play it and in a sense like the games that i used to love uh, on the Vita, or like the genres I used to do on the Vita, have transitioned to the Switch. So one of the big reasons I'm still playing the Switch, even though there aren't like first party games that I'm lying, there are first party games that are in my backlog, but I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, like one of the things that I'm playing on the most on my uh, Switch are Atomic games, so <laughs> shame on me. I haven't played Tears of the Kingdom in a while because I got distracted by Pretty Boys. Anyway, let's go to 
let's go to uh, number one reason why a dragon is interested in Nintendo. Well, the first thing that I think about Nintendo, and it's something that I see many people outside of the Nintendo sphere uh, clash a bit, is that Nintendo for me symbolizes a lot of variety. Probably people when think Nintendo think, hey Mario, yeah, I know that guy. He's the, he's the games, he's everywhere. Yeah, that's the guy for Nintendo. But I would say that Nintendo has dipped their toes in basically every uh, genre of gaming throughout the years, and with basically all of them have some uh, huge hits. Uh, obviously, let's not talk platformers, let's not talk adventure games that they are known for, or even RPGs. But uh, we have stuff for like tactics games. Obviously, we know Fire Emblem. We have racing stuff. Some of them are uh, rest in peace. We know, but we still have some others that are currently going. Uh, fighting games like Smash, I said, shooters. We have the Prime series, the Splatoon, as a totally different take. We have rhythm games. We have RTSs. We have puzzle games, visual novels, party games, sports games, and even the random "What the fuck is this game now?" sort of sort of titles, which is the one thing I most love about the India sphere too. It's like, hey, let's try this idea and see what happens. That's basically what, for example, WarioWare started us, or they have random things like the uh, Remix series or the Tomodachi games. That's like, hey, yeah, let's see what we can do. And sometimes they land, sometimes they do not. But Variety, they have had, and they have excelled in most of their ventures for, from my perspective. So you, you mentioned the uh, like Metroid Prime and Splatoon as shooters and standouts on the Nintendo for shooters. And that's that's cool. But if I, I bet if you Google, like, top 10 shooters of all time, they're not going to be on there. Because you're going to get your Dooms, you're going to get your, your Quakes, your even Halo, which I'm not a big fan of. <laughs> I'm playing them at the moment, but, you know. Uh, when I think... Shooters, I do not think Nintendo. As in, just because they've got a game in a genre doesn't mean it's necessarily a good game. Or it might be the best Nintendo game because that's all they've got. But it's not necessarily competitive with other stuff. Um, obviously, there's no accounting for taste. <laughs> However, uh, if we take into account what people on the internet say, and I would say that Almost every, if not every, uh, Metroid Prime game has a higher Metacritic score, both for critics and fans, than any of the recent Doom games, which are beloved. So I think the even if people don't say it as a as a standard in the a Shara defining title, the quality is there. You don't get ninety from both critics and fans if you don't have quality games. <laughs> That wasn't me this time. That was Paula. Um. <laughs> Sorry, it, it 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 was very necessary. Absolutely, and I would agree. There is no accounting for taste, and the thing with uh, crit- critical and popular res- critical response is one thing, and popular response is different. But the thing with Nintendo critical response and popular response is that. If you're a Nintendo gamer, you're probably going to love Metroid and think it's the best thing ever because it's the only shooter you've got ex- access to until Splatoon came along. But, like, 
you know, because there's no other option. So when your field of reference is like one game, you're going to think it's a 10 out of 10. But if your field of reference is like 100 games, maybe it would change a little. Um, and while I do agree that Nintendo do try different things and they, they've tried a, a bunch of different um, ideas, like you say, with uh, with WarioWare and, you know, Smash Brothers is a is a fighting genre that kind of has come from the Smash Brothers genre, um, like is in a subgenre of fighting games. Like there's now a lot of copycats and that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, at Evo every year, the Smash Brothers tournament is up there with the probably the Street Fighter tournament as like the most important uh, tournaments of Evo. Um, so yeah, fair enough. But again, you're limited to essentially playing Smash Brothers because if you want to play Street Fighter, you, I, don't, I don't know if it's on Nintendo Switch, but if it is, the hardware is going to hold you back. So your frame rate's going to be lower. You're going to have a harder time playing it than if you were on a better console. For the record, Street Fighter 2 is on Nintendo, and I argue that it's one of the best, if not the best, uh, Street Fighter game. Changed my mind. And I actually, like, uh, played a hell out of it when it came out. And Anyway. And I would say if you want to play an old-ass game, and you and you can play it and run it well on the Switch because it's old-ass hardware, go for it. But if you want to play something new and interesting <laughs> that's a little bit more demanding then maybe Nintendo's aren't for you. Um, and I mean, yeah, a, a lot of a lot of the examples, I think, are very much kind of, yes, they have stuff in lots of different genres, but it's like saying that, well, if you listen to the radio, they'll play lots of different genres, but they might all be crap songs. Just because you cast a wide net doesn't mean you get quality. The amazing thing is they do. <laughs> To another thing that I wanted to add is that, again, uh, as I stated previously, uh, if you're a fan of certain genres or certain Nintendo games, you are starving and the other uh, or you're well-fed, depending on which one you like. But also, um, not counting like just first-party Nintendo games, just adding second-party and just Nintendo exclusives. Um, and yeah, I'm gonna jump into my vision novel slash Otome Ranch because uh, that's one of the things that uh, the time has come. That the time has come. Like, um, so I'm a lot of influence, and why do I t why do I say this? Is more than one person has gotten uh, into Nintendo Switch because Otome games and vision novels and stuff like that. Uh, so. And that is one kind of game that if you want quality, you can you can get some on Steam. You can get some indie uh, visual novels or even like some uh, the boy visual novels on Steam. But if you want atomic games, like the only way to like the the best way to get them is on Switch. Just putting that out there. Uh, now that that is out of the way. Sorry. Um, there's still like a lot of very niche series that have found a home in the Switch. And again, there's a lot of trouble where they're not too because don't you find it kind of ironic? Like Nintendo like got 
games back into the eye of the public after the video game crash because of their Nintendo seal of approval. And now they're probably the console that has the most shovelware on the store. Just putting that out there. I don't think about it. Uh, uh, again, back to the uh, actual point. Um, I feel like whenever there's something that is exclusive to the Switch, since it is being made with only the Switch in mind, um, most of like especially like the second party games, like the second party um, uh, companies, and obviously the, the first party like Nintendo itself, or like Game Freak and shit like that. Um, but you know, actually take Game Freak out of there because it is an outlier, and I don't like that. Uh, but most of the uh, people that developed solely for the Switch, and even some that just for the games like um. What was the name of the company? Press button, button press, red button, something. The ones that ported, um, anyway, uh, the wizards of the, uh, of the Switch ports, uh, they know the hardware inside out and are capable of making, like, things that really, uh, shouldn't run in the Switch, running the Switch. Uh, such examples are Shin Megami Tensei 5 uh, and also Tears of the Kingdom. Like, I'm still like in awe of how they just run, no questions asked. And as Ryan said, like, they may have uh, a small variety of games, and like, since they're like stretching their their grabby hands into each side of the market. You don't have a lot of games in each side of the market, but what is there, like, especially lately, is good. Like, I'm not gonna make excuses for maybe, like, the Wii U slash Wii um, eras of Nintendo, but in Switch, you have quality now. Oh, Dutch. Yeah, just on that, I just had a quick little Google of Tears of the Kingdom, which is currently the hot shit on nintendo switch and i think this is kind of almost like a smoking gun kind of thing where this is their flagship system selling game that's meant to be the best thing ever and gets scored like 10 out of 10 and all this kind of stuff it runs at 30 fps at 900p which is 1600 by 900 in docked mode it's less than that when you're not in docked mode and that's just appalling for a modern console. Yeah, but there's uh, a little a little point here. Uh, first of all, art style. You really don't notice the resolution uh, with the art style they they picked for the game, and you don't notice like if you are playing in such a small screen, like having a high resolution is like, why would you if the, if the screen is not I don't know, 4K capable or something like that, why would you go out of your way to make it, uh, to have a, a higher resolution for such a tiny screen? But one thing that I've noticed while playing Tears of the Kingdom, and that I've noticed while playing <coughs> Pokemon Scarlet, uh, it doesn't have any jaggies, like, like those jag edges that you get, like, from, I don't know, for, from what you get them. It's like, port 
polygon managing or something. You don't get any jaggies on Tears of, of the Kingdom when playing War Level. So it, it looks good. Like when there's no anti-aliasing. Kind yeah. Of thing. Like it looks great. Like uh, even if you think it shouldn't look great because of the resolution on paper, it looks great. I just think with that, that's fine if you're playing it like handheld, but 900p for when it's docked and you've got it hooked up to your big 4K TV. It's, I understand that it's got a very low kind of lo-fi, and I say that nicely, that's not an insult. Mm-hmm. Like It's got a lo-fi aesthetic, but I wonder if that's because part of a necessity as opposed to an artistic direction. Like I know this is conjecture and none of us know the answer to this question, but um, I would say if they if they're your specs for something that is kind of low poly, like or not low poly, but low low fi, mm-hmm. then are you even capable of doing something that's more detailed or has higher resolution textures or you know that kind of stuff? Because you're already limited so much on something that doesn't seem as demanding, and I've got no problem with the aesthetic. Like, cool, that's just a taste thing whether you like it or not. And I actually quite like that kind of aesthetic. But um, yeah, thirty FPS in twenty twenty three is pretty bad, <laughs> and not even ten eighty when you're docked. Anyway, I mean the ten eighty thing, I can't see it being a problem because I f- I feel like Breath of the Wild was ten eighty, or am I crazy? Um, but um, as someone that has tried to play like games in a higher frame rate but lower resolution, for example. Like there are games that you can uh, choose if you want to play them on a performance mode to get a more a high frame rates, or if you want to play like on I don't know resolution slash pretty mode, whatever you want to call it, uh, where you have a yeah. high resolution. If I have to choose. Uh, between the two, like for Fire Emblem Warriors, I try going with the higher frame rate and the lower resolution, and it just kind of looks odd. I it 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 all it almost like bothered me. Uh, like it looked cool, a uh, movement wise, I look like us. Uh, when like texture wise. <laughs> So yep. if I had to choose, like, I'd rather have the, a little bit high resolution. I know the tears of the kingdom doesn't reach uh, uh, the 1080p, uh, but uh, it's still, like, as long as it has, like, that uh, 30p, I mean, 30 FPS, I feel it is good enough for most players, at least those who are more more about the experience like less about the the frame perfect uh trying to hit stuff and stuff like that 30 fps works well and very well unless it that um that extra frame per second will give you like any kind of advantage for example in a fighting game where you have to be like frame perfect on the the things you're trying to do, uh, and I acknowledge that. But for an adventure game that is single player, I feel like it's it's no problem at all. Well, for those those visual novels, <laughs> you don't need the highest frame rate. I just need to look pretty, man. I tell you, I'm I'm 
<laughs> I, I'm hurting for a Switch OLED because uh, I used to have a an OLED PS Vita, and it looks beautiful. Like, don't get me wrong, the 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 regular Vita and Switch screens looks good enough, and I still uh, get my eye candy whenever I want. But holy cow! I know oh, uh, the the OLED uh, screen is so much better. Sorry, a little rant there. No, I'd agree. I mean, I'd like to hear what Dragon thinks about the whole, um, yeah, frame rate resolution kind of idea. To be honest, uh, this may be a bit of a bias on my side. I will freely admit that, but. As I said, I was brought up with NES, also a very old computer, and I got my gaming degree to say, in a way, like playing 15 FPS, like because it couldn't it chat all the time. So I, I'm very used to not extremely high uh, frames per second or very high resolution games. Uh, however, I do feel like uh, Nintendo, uh, Nintendo. Let's, if we're talking specifically Tears of the Kingdom right now, uh, I think it is more than than good enough at, at 30 FPS. I honestly didn't even notice until uh, all the time I was playing it. I never thought even about uh, the frame rate or how these graphics are too low resolution or anything. Uh, not the same with Breath of the Wild when it first came out. Uh, that game did have some FPS problems on some certain areas. Uh, but I, I, to be honest, I honestly haven't noticed nor cared about uh, that part of it of, of the experience. I don't feel like it lost anything from that uh, just matrix standpoint. Yeah, well, and I will agree that it does depend on the kind of game you're playing. Like, yeah, obviously, if you're playing a, a visual novel and you're sitting in bed, hello, uh, looking at your your nice screen, you just want it to look pretty, and you know. Be be kind of engrossed in what you're experiencing. Um, whereas, yeah, the obvious thing like fighting games, obviously, yes, frame rates matter. If if you're even that hardcore, like I'm not that hardcore about fighting games, so I could say that frame rates matter, but I'm never going to use them. So, <laughs> <laughs> like to be better at a fighting game because <laughs> I'm just not like that, you know, dialed in. Um, but at the same time, I do. We, it's interesting what you said, Paula, about how you'd choose the higher quality setting as opposed to the higher performance, because mm-hmm. I'm kind of the opposite. I'd rather have a low resolution with higher frame rate and higher performance than have it look good, um, especially in games that require, a you know, like a faster action game or that kind of thing, or like a th- uh, I'm thinking like third-person action kind of RPGs or something like that, where... It's not necessary. Like it's it's not like I'm going to fail at the game if I'm running at thirty FPS compared to sixty or something. But it does feel more, way more responsive, and like I'm more connected to what's happening on the screen if I'm playing it at a higher frame rate than something like thirty. And I think thirty is obviously the base minimum for what we would expect on anything. Um. And other consoles have their issues too. Like not everything is frame perfect all the time. Um, I definitely see frame drops on every game I play at some point because that's just the nature of games. Uh, I remember watching a a talk by uh, John Carmack once 
who is one of the, the creators of Doom and id Software, and he eventually left and um but went on to like make uh the games like Rage and that kind of thing. And in Rage there was a thing that he made which was called a Giga Texture, where it's basically like one texture for the entire game that basically wrapped around the entire model of the entire world. And instead of like lots of little textures stitched together. Um at least that's my rudimentary understanding of it. But I remember him giving a keynote talk at QuakeCon and I was watching it and he said, oh, if you want to break the game, just do something unexpected. Like run backwards for a while and then turn around really quick and you'll see the game load in because it's not expecting you to do that. Um, as opposed to running forward and turning because it kind of expects that you're going to turn one way or the other going forwards. But if you run backwards and then do a 180, it's not ready for you to do that movement. So it's going to take a second to load in all those textures and everything. And you can visually see it kind of pop in slowly. Um, and I always remember that because there's a lot of games where I didn't try that in just to see how ready they are for a player to do that. And um, <laughs> most games aren't ready for you to do that is the, is the, uh, the point of that. So it's, it's really easy to break games and make them pop in funny or, you know, take a long time to load stuff or make them drop their frames or stuff, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I still think that having a higher kind of benchmark is uh, a higher benchmark that's more consistent is probably a good thing, especially for your flagship game, like, like a breath of the wild or a tears of the kingdom. Anyway. Yeah. On the note of people breaking games, like as a developer, a programmer, it kind of like hurts me when people find ways to exploit a game in ways that the developers didn't even thought it was possible. Uh, but at the same yeah. time, it's extremely funny. Like that, like some people have found very out there ways to, for example, in Tears of the Kingdom, to duplicate items. Where if you were playing like normally, like uh, your average consumer you wouldn't ever uh, get to them but since people like 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 there's something about people like i feel they like breaking stuff even if it's if it's just for fun oh yeah uh definitely so yeah like <laughs> um imagine all the ways like uh in breath of the breath of the wild for example uh, each time they implemented anything new on the game engine, they they have to pause, make a pause, and try to play and explore the map to see if everything broke because of how intricate like the engine, the physics engine on that game is. And even then, and even after going through QA and having a a group of people like even like the whole team was playing Breath of the Wild to ensure like and, and first of all like there were there was something interesting like in every point of the map for players but also that there wasn't weren't any bugs or like weird shit happening in the, in the map and even then the amount of uh things that speedrunners use to uh to speedrun the game it is crazy, like the boomisomis where you use bombs to propel yourself, or like uh, the bombs that boy or VTV, uh, which you use to bounce on an enemy and get the hell out of there. So 
uh, it, it is totally unrelated to the relate, but it makes me very, really, really happy when people find exploits because it is funny. But also, it makes me really, really sad for the developers out there. Yeah, well, and not to go on too much of a tangent, but um, one of my favorite things is watching speedrunners play games with the developers. Oh, those YouTube oh. videos. Yeah, they show them everywhere that their game is broken and how they can exploit everything. <laughs> <laughs> and usually the, the developers have, you know, they've got a good attitude about it. And they're like, yeah, most people aren't going to do this, so it doesn't matter. But it's kind of fun to see how. I remember once there, there was one, I think it was uh, Psychonauts speedrunner. And there's a thing in Psychonauts where you can... If you switch between, I think, holding a balloon, which like slows your descent if you're falling, and jumping, it actually puts you up a frame. So, or you know, something like that. So you can use it to fly through levels if you just switch quick enough, because it constantly puts you up a frame as you move. Um, and they found there was like an invisible wall stopping you going from basically one side of the map to the other. But in that invisible wall, there was like a hole for some reason that they just left there because when they were modeling it, they put a hole in it for some reason, but left it there because it was an invisible wall and it was like up in the sky somewhere and the speedrunners found it and just kind of flew <laughs> right through it. So, yeah, I feel like developers mostly react depending on how uh, well their game was received. For example, you see the, the dark souls developers like, Oh, they, they broke, they teleported through the map. Ah, that's fine. It's pretty cool. I can't believe they can pull that off. And you see like developers of, Sonic Boom, like, oh, I saw this glitch like 300 times. We never fixed it. Fuck this game. Fuck the time. I hate this. It's, I quit forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, to, to bring it back to Nintendo and what, what we're meant to be talking about. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Dragon, go, go on with your, with your next... Uh... Hey. Sounds good. Uh, I will just say this because I feel like uh, any other Nintendo fans that are listening will be like, why didn't you mention it? Uh, basically, the, the argument that most Nintendo fans would make is Nintendo just makes uh, good games. The quality is fairly consistent, fairly high throughout their history. I don't think there is any other developer slash publisher slash hardware manufacturer that has... Uh, that has such a, a great history in the gaming sphere, uh, putting out uh, uh, titles that, if not considered generally defining, is still considered uh, cream of the crop in every generation for like 40 years, something like that, since they started. And that's, even if you don't agree that games are, are good or that they're not your style, uh, their, their legacy and how uh, highly they are considered is Simply outstanding. Uh, uh, yeah, that's how you pronounce that word. Astounding. Yes, I agree. A lot of people love Nintendo stuff and have done for a long time. No doubt about it. Uh, I think, yeah, anyone would be stupid if they tried to argue against that. Um, however, <laughs> I'm not going to argue against that, but I'm just going to say that, um, uh, you know, the, the way I think about it is kind of like, that's cool, but McDonald's has been super successful for, you know, however long, 70 years or whatever, and has been like the king of fast food for since they, you know, basically got started. We all know the story because they're that ubiquitous and that huge in the world. Um, 
But to say that that then relates to how good their product is, is eh, a lot of people might enjoy it and a lot of people might, um, it might be cheap and accessible and popular and, you know, they might be the best fast food chain around every single year and they make shit loads of money and all that kind of stuff. But I don't think anyone would at the same time say that McDonald's is great. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe so, some people would, yeah. I'm sure. But um, we all know the health problems that you get from from eating junk food and, <laughs> and we all know how you're basically paying for what you get. Like it's cheap for a reason. Um, <laughs> and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, however, at the same time, um, yes, Nintendo do have a presence in gaming history that I think is significant and obviously um, important. And they've they have contributed a lot and they have done a lot of good stuff and they are well-liked by those who like them um, and all that kind of thing. I just think if you have ever experienced Nintendo games like, you know, like I have with NES and SNES, and even then, like, I've never played a Zelda game, and maybe one day I will because I've never played one and I'm just curious in that way. But because I have kind of played Nintendo games before, I kind of feel like I know what I'm getting every single time. Kind of like I've been to McDonald's before. I know what I'm going to get next time I go. And yeah, it. I know that, I, well, I feel like it's just nothing has changed and it's not going to um, be something that is, there's no real pull for me to go back uh, in that sense. Um, I, I will not discuss this because I think it will lead to a big tangent, but I, I do resent the McDonald's comparison. I wish just to make that clear, but it's not under that, that line of, of debate. Uh, however, uh, you say that uh, you have played mostly, the, your Nintendo experience is mostly on NES, SNES. I would say that with that, there are many of uh, big franchises inside Nintendo is, are stuff that you for sure have not experienced because they have been created since or have been popularized on the on the east since oh well yeah on the, on the west sorry but uh, i mean you're in the east but i don't think it's really the the, the asia culture we're, we're yeah. mostly west uh, <laughs> but stuff <laughs> I, I don't want to sound like a broken record just naming franchises but you know the the stuff i'm talking about uh there i think every generation they have one or two franchises that really hit it off and that has happened in M64, it has happened on GameCube, it has happened on the Wii, Wii U, whatever. And also on, on, on their handhelds. So saying, oh, I have my NES and SNES experience, I don't need anything more from Nintendo, or Nintendo cannot provide anything new, I think is uh, simply not not that accurate. I'll add to that in, I, I understand what you're saying. Um and this is I haven't really brought it up because I don't think it's relevant but um, I have played a lot of party games or multiplayer games because I have a friend who is she's Nintendo mad and all she plays is Nintendo's and always has and always will so I've played lots of multiplayer games Nintendo like I've played lots of Mario Party I've played Mario Kart um, not Smash though interestingly enough because my friend's not really into Smash um, but you know I've, I have played modern versions of those 
uh, with friends. But I would throw that into the category of anything is fun with your friends. So <laughs> it, it doesn't really make a difference. Like I'll, I'll, you know, I'll play anything if I'm hanging out with my friends because I'm going to have a good time because they're my friends. Um, <laughs> it could be the, the worst activity in the world, but I'm still going to have a better time with my friends than if doing it without them. Um, so, yeah, on that, I have kind of, you know, I have played a few newer things, but nothing like I say, yeah, there are franchises that I haven't, haven't touched before. Yeah, one of the things that kind of like um, pushes um, Avatar away from Nintendo a little bit. Uh, remember how in the first episode we said things we like and things we don't like? Uh, platformers, they're big on Nintendo. Yep. Turn-based stuff, they're big on Nintendo. Uh, RPGs, <laughs> there are some that are really big on Nintendo. So a lot of Nintendo exclusives I feel wouldn't buy as well with you in that regard because of your gaming preferences. Um, I mean, I like RPGs. I mean, turn-based RPGs, turn yeah. Turn-based RPGs. Uh, <laughs> but those are the most... I mean, Bayonetta is kind of... Like, Bayonetta 3 is exclusive, but I feel like it didn't really uh, do that well compared to Bayonetta 2. Anyway, that's that's another thing. I've heard bad yeah, things. I, I, I haven't heard like bad <laughs> things, but more like kind of disappointing thing after playing the pre the previous game. Um, yeah. But yeah, like the thing with it, I feel like the thing with Nintendo first party, uh, and first party doesn't include Game Freak because they're not Nintendo. Uh, never mind. Um, I feel like you can rest assured that there's going to be some quality to the game. Um, at the very least, uh, in some series, you're going to get big innovation or you're going to get the thing you're looking for. Uh, for uh, those, like, again, not sounding, not going to sound like a, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but my best. Um, oh, wait, Xenoblade is actually on Nintendo. You have, there you have it. You have another uh, possible, but it is anime. <laughs> Do you like anime stuff? If if not, you're out of the. I'm not. A, I'm not against it. Okay, you could try out Xenoblade, for example, or maybe uh, you never played Zelda, but you could uh, totally and legally play um, uh, either Breath of the Wild to see like the 3D experience or. Uh, the remake of Link's Awakening see the top-down experience, which, by the way, I feel like they knocked it out of the park because the foundation of the game was good. That is the thing. I feel like the the foundation of their games make them stand the test of time in a way where you know how some games where when you remake them and give like the the mechanics like overall, but just modernize the controllers and stuff like that uh, aren't like that good uh, because of, I don't know, tank controls and shit like that. Mm. Uh, the Link's Awakening uh, with modern controllers and modern graphics, uh, it's still very, very good and it's even better than I remember it because of how they included like the more they have other controllers and they have more buttons to do stuff with than when the game was in, in the um, Game Boy Color. 
yes, Nintendo obviously have a lot to offer people who like Nintendo stuff. And I'm not going to just reduce it to, I don't like it. So that's my argument because that's just an opinion and, and a taste thing. Like, because part of why I have an Xbox is because I never had one. And I thought, hey, I want to get an Xbox so I can play all these exclusives like Gears of War and Halo and, you know, all these things I'd heard about over the years that I'd never actually played. And so half the reason I want to have these discussions with people who are into Nintendo is for the same reason, because I'm into gaming. I like games. I think I have a fairly open mind. Um, I know stuff that I don't like, but I'll still try stuff in those genres, like recently playing Guacamelee for Game of the Month, even though, yes, it's very much a platformer. Um, and the, my short answer for things are I don't like platforming, but I enjoy Guacamelee. I didn't dislike it. I finished it. Um, it wasn't my favorite game I've ever played, but I'm glad I played it. And that's kind of uh, my thinking with, you know, hearing people tell me why I should play Nintendo games. Because maybe one day when I have the opportunity and I'm sitting there thinking, maybe I'll pick up the latest Nintendo console to try all those exclusives. Um, I'll remember these sorts of arguments and kind of go, okay, and decide whether I should or not. <laughs> like, in my opinion, I feel like uh, you could potentially enjoy some Nintendo games, but I don't see you being like a Nintendo fan, like through and through, in the sense of uh, you won't like everything because of what of the things you like and don't like very much. But the, I feel there's something to like uh, for everyone around Nintendo in some, at some point in time or some station in their career. Uh, also, uh, removing a bit of the mask of diehard Nintendo fan, uh, I would say that even the the, hard, the most hardcore of Nintendo fans won't enjoy everything in Nintendo. Uh, there's, the, I, I, as well as I think there's something for everyone that's into gaming uh, in the Nintendo repertoire, I don't think there's a person that everything in the Nintendo repertoire will apply to them. The, it's such a broad scope that Nintendo fan is, is too big of an umbrella for anyone to fit entirely or completely out of if they're in if they like gaming. Yeah, and, and I'd say that's the same for everything, like uh PlayStation exclusives or Xbox exclusives or anything like that. Like um like PlayStation's probably my console of choice at the moment, uh, because I tend to like more of what they do than what others do in the exclusive realm. But even then, like I played Last of Us. Didn't do much for me. Didn't really. You know, it was fine, but yeah. And that's meant to be like the best thing ever on a PlayStation. <laughs> so yeah, it does kind of. It does depend on who you are and what you're into, of course. Um, and I would never expect to enjoy everything. I like how at the moment I'm playing through the Halo series on my Xbox, and I'm not. I'm not convinced yet. <laughs> <laughs> so. We'll see how that... I'm still interested to see where it goes, but after playing the first game, I'm just like, yeah, I don't see what the hype is about. So, you know, it... Of, of course, not, not everything is going to appeal to everybody. And uh, I think <laughs> if I concede a little more as well, I think that speaks more to your point about the variety on Nintendo. As in, if you're going to have variety, you're going to not... Not everything is going to appeal to everybody. So, you know... That's that's a good point there. The other thing that you touched on uh, right there uh, when you were uh, talking about the games to try and everyone talks about uh, 
about them like they're the best thing in the world. And that's the other thing when sometimes you're trying to play through a series that has grabbed your attention because of public reception or of reviews or whatever, you tend to expect more of them. Like, and then when it doesn't deliver all the praise um, that everyone else gave them, it's just disappointing. That That is one of the reasons why I, unless, like, the only... Um, the only fandom I interact with is the Atome fandom because we just finger and fanboy together and that's the whole point of the fandom. But when it comes to any other game, I try to go blind, mainly because I don't want to feel disappointed if they oversold the game to me, which has happened before. Well, I, th- I think that's a very good point. And as someone who's not a part of the Nintendo fan world... Uh, from the outside, it is quite uh, off-putting sometimes how obsessed Nintendo fans can be. And I say this with, with kindness because I, under- <laughs> I understand everyone's obsessed with their own stuff. But when I talk to a lot of Nintendo fans, like, you know, you, you guys are being very reasonable and, and patient with me. But <laughs> um, often I'll just... People will say, oh, but, you know, you haven't even played Breath of the Wild and it's the only open world game that's worth playing kind of thing. I'm like, I've enjoyed lots of open world games. I don't think that's true. Um, <laughs> it might be a very good one, but, you know, it's not it's not the second coming or anything. Like, you know, this is, it's, it's, a, it's maybe a very good game, but it's just another game. Um, whereas people talk about Nintendo like, you know, Jesus started making games and this is what you have to play. <laughs> and so that kind of amount of hype uh, can be quite disappointing when you eventually do dive into it or, or try and check it out and stuff. And I think that's part of my disappointment just to relate it again, back to playing the first Halo game. Part of my disappointment is that I've heard that this is the, this is like the, one of the best games ever made. It does appear in so many top 10 lists of like all time best games and all this kind of thing. And even in the context of thinking how innovative it was at the time and how it was like the first one of the first first person shooters to do well on consoles. And, you know, even with all that knowledge, I'm still a bit disappointed because all the hype that I've been told all my life about how amazing this game is, and then I eventually play it and it's like, Yeah, it's all right. Like <laughs> I've definitely played better games. <laughs> or games that I've enjoyed more or got more out of as well. Um, so I think that's part of like any time I do spend some time actually looking into Nintendo games that I've heard heaps of hype about, chances are they're probably going to disappoint a little bit anyway because everyone's a lot of people have told me with so much passion that, you know, you're crazy for not being into these games. Like these are the best things ever. And if you if you pick up a Nintendo Switch, you're never going to put it down kind of thing. And you'll forget about all your other gaming and consoles and stuff. And, you know, I think a lot of us know that that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> no matter how good they are. <laughs> like, not going to lie, like, uh, this year I spent quite a lot with my Nintendo Switch, but the most amount of games that I played are PC. Maybe because I got, like, yep. um, 
absolutely obsessed with a couple of series that were on PC and the rest is history. <laughs> but then again, like, I feel like the worst enemy of any IP, any game, any anything is their own fandom. And I'm talking about the part of the fandom that is like yeah. toxically optimistic about uh, the games and refuse to see like their shortcomings. Because you can be a fan mm. and have a like healthy relationship with the thing you're a fan of. Um, in the sense that, hey, I do recognize that maybe it has its faults, uh, but you still like the game because of the things that it does have that are good. Uh, and and in that point, it's like you you like it because uh, the the good things outweigh the bad things. Um, a lot of fandoms don't have that. <laughs> a lot of fandoms ignore the bad things. Yeah. And if you try to touch on that, it's like, no, that doesn't exist. Like, you know, bad frame rates and things. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Just have to put that out there. <laughs> well, let's start. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think... So, yeah, any... Yeah. Go on. I was going to ask if there were any points or any last words that... That's not, like, ominous. <laughs> and <laughs> any words that you want to... Uh, add to the discussion before we wrap this up? Uh, we have said, at least from my side, everything that I really want to say. I obviously could keep talking about Nintendo for hours and keep bringing up points and things that I like, and things that I do not like that I try not to uh, talk much about now because I'm the part of the pro argument, so it was going to be uh, feel a bit unbalanced. <laughs> but yeah, I can totally talk about Nintendo for hours because I, I, I do love them. But I think I've said more than enough for this discussion. Yeah, I mean, same. Like, and well, and I think like we've touched on some uh, fairly well for for my money anyway. Some some the usual kind of arguments that I hear uh, for and against, and without getting yeah, spending hours going down the rabbit hole. I think uh, yeah, it's been good. Well then. Uh, it is time to wrap this up. So thank you for everyone listening to the Howl MTV podcast. We're very thankful of anyone just sticking with us through this discussion or through anything, really. Uh, <laughs> we're just gamers trying to have fun making a podcast. So uh, this is Paula, uh, Josh, and Nacho. And... Uh, well, Avatar Channel, I will see you in the next one. And I'd just like to also thank thank Dragon, especially just for coming on and, and having a discussion, because I do feel like I've got more of an appreciation of why I should check out Nintendo now. Uh, thank you guys for having me. It was a blast uh, being here. Uh, I Yeah, I just, I just enjoy being part of the, of the entire community and talking with you guys. Uh, I think it's, it's been a fun discussion. Th- thanks for listening, everybody. Catch you, catch you on the next one. Blah, blah, blah. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>